0: Hello, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Historical Humans Podcast. My name is Justin Woods, and I'm joined today by my fellow co-hosts, Cullum Coleman and Aaron Gilpin. And today we are going to the Mediterranean. We're going a, a bit warmer temperatures. We're going to be visiting the Emirate of Sicily. Ooh.
1: Yes, um, the Emirate of Sicily, uh, it's a topic I uh, really wanted to do here on historical humans because... Um uh it was a um sort it's a muslim emirate uh as all emirates actually were uh in uh in sicily but when we talk about uh you know islam in europe we usually uh find ourselves talking about uh the moors in spain or the ottomans in the balkans but very rarely do we talk about um what happened uh in sicily because sicily is uh for over a century a territory of the muslim speaking world and you know islamic world is a lot of different ways of saying it but you get what i'm saying <laughs> hopefully uh, and so uh
0: no nah, just keep digging yeah. just keep going yeah no no I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> don't worry uh,
1: so take us into it uh the emirate of sicily uh it is uh founded and in, in a about 9.50 and lasts till uh, 10.91. But in order to understand what happens and how we get to this uh, entire hereditary emirate uh, over in the Mediterranean, uh, we have to actually wind the clock all the way back to the year 8.12. Um, The year 8.12 um, is where we see Byzantium in control of most of Sicily. And they decide to make a wonderfully stupid move.
0: The first of many. Uh, Picking a fight with a Sicilian when death's on the line? Um, Messing with the
1: Italian mob? Even worse. Uh, The Byzantine Stratagos, which is sort of the provincial governor. Uh, that the Byzantines set up for various uh, regions, uh, decides to break a tr- a treaty with the Emirate of Tunisia. Uh, the treaty was signed in 805, and part of the treaty involved the return of Muslim uh, prisoners that had been taken uh, during previous conflicts. Uh, Constantine Sudas, uh, the Byzantine strategos in Sicily, does not want to give up his prisoners and thus refuses, uh, thereby breaking the treaty and prompting one Ibrahim I of Tunisia to launch an invasion of
0: Sicily. Wait, why did he not want to just give them up? Like, did he thought they were too valuable politically? I would also assume potentially that prisoners were also used for labor. I don't um, think it was those kinds of prisoners. No, no,
1: this was this was not a uh, enslaved uh, <laughs> prisoner type situation, uh, so much as um, Sicily is during the ninth century having a very hard time acknowledging the supremacy of uh, Constantinople. Uh, it spends a lot of its time basically doing its own thing, knowing that it is on the edge of the empire mm-hmm. and. The emperor can do pretty much nothing to to stop them.
0: That's so funny to me because it's like it's not even that far. Like here's Sicily, well, here's Constantinople.
1: Well, what you it's have just to keep an ocean across. What you have to keep or in sea. mind. What you have to keep in mind is that when the Byzantines do their whole reconquest of Italy, yeah. they lose almost all of it instantly.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the to, uh... Byzantine
1: ability to protect to project power into the Mediterranean is incredibly limited and most of the constant noble's resources are focused on holding anatolia and the balkans I mean, yeah that's fair so you've basically it, this is basically roman britain it's a rogue province that answers to you in name only <laughs> and uh the various byzantine emperors are struggling to control sicily this will be a theme for everyone who follows. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Ibrahim I of Tunisia uh, and uh, invades Sicily over these prisoners in 812. And it's the first sign that this emirate of Tunisia is going to be a powerhouse, that the Muslims and the Arabic-speaking world are going to be a power in the central Mediterranean, that they are a power in North Africa. Uh, because Ibrahim, he's the founder of uh, the Algabid dynasty of Tunisia. He's the founder of the Emirate of Tunisia, um, then known as Ifriqiya uh, by the uh, Muslims. Um, Ibrahim gets the uh, Emirate. Uh, by appointment from the caliph Harun al-Rashid who is himself a mighty uh, uh, a mighty war caliph uh, who participates in a number of crusades uh, actually fighting against um, a lot of people uh, Harun al-Rashid there's a lot of people who get named after this man uh, and they go to a lot of crusades
0: (laughs) I thought the crusades weren't until the the yeah the crusades were like
1: people get named after this one (laughs) Oh, fair. People get named after this one. These, he, he, you know, is this, you know, heirs become crusaders. All this stuff. People get named after this man because. So yeah, because
0: this is this is the uh, around the time of the expansion.
1: Yeah, he, yeah. He he is responsible. This one in particular is responsible for basically, um, prior to him, the Muslim world ended in Egypt.
0: Oh, so he's he the one who holds. all of North Africa. Okay.
1: And he appoints the son of his. uh, Khorasanian or uh iranian general uh ibrahim here to rule sort of the middle part of the lands he's took as a hereditary emirate which basically means you're your own country but you technically owe vassalage to me kind
0: of like a client state system
1: <laughs> yeah more or less because the way the muslim world works is you have one caliph who is the head of the entire islamic world and answerable to him are all the other political entities that claim to be muslim states
0: it's also just an easier way when you control large tracts of land to just like delegate control and power of like yeah just pay homage to me i'm above you guys and just make sure we're up there
1: yeah it's it's kind of the Byzantine arrangement in Sicily <laughs> is what's going on. Except uh, except the Caliphate is actually able to keep its emirates in line. <laughs> uh, so Ibrahim, you know, he comes out of the war fairly successfully. He's able to ca- recapture the prisoners that he wanted back in the first place and sails home. He's unable to take Sicily. Um, however, he's not quite done with it. Uh, although Ibrahim himself will not be returning to Sicily, uh, a number of his successors do, because the year 826 is a thing. Not the year
0: 826. Yeah, Aaron, uh, what happened in 826? I think it's a uh, has to do with the commander of the Byzantine fleet at Sicily. <laughs> Rebelling oh, against no. Emperor Michael
1: II. Yeah, the Byzantine Navy goes into full and open revolt in Sicily.
0: Oh no! How do you lose? How do you lose the
1: Navy? Well, here's what happened. So Michael II is Emperor of the Byzantine Emperor, uh, Empire, and um, he encounters a rather interesting problem. See. There's a man uh, who's in command of his military at Sicily called uh, Euthymius. Euthymius is not someone you should ever give command to. Because Euthymius decides, um, in violation of both um, Byzantine secular law and um, every holy law in existence, tries to abduct a nun and force her to marry him.
0: Oh, no. oh. is he where we get the term euthanize from <laughs> um, no
1: uh, no I do not believe it is from him because his story does not end that way
0: I wish it Uh-oh. did That's this is getting In, fucked up yeah, how do you now, force a nun to now, marry you
1: um, well it's simple you abduct her from the nunnery and basically hold a wedding without her consent
0: the nunner, then you yeah.
1: consummate said wedding against her will. I don't, I don't think that counts, thereby oh, oh, oh. preventing her from ever being a nun again. Now, I think this that plot, doesn't count. this plot is stopped oh, by, God. um, by uh, you might remember a man, uh, Constantine Sudos. He's still around.
0: Did he, did he say, did they get to the part where it was, who objects? And then you know, like, uh, oh, you I know, do like, <laughs> like <laughs> well, it's just like she doesn't object, and then he just barges in and goes, I
1: object. So, so, he he is not able to get his hands on the nun. However, news reaches the emperor. The emperor orders Constantine to arrest uh, Euthemius for effectively committing blasphemy and treason in one stroke. Euthemius, who has the loyalty of the navy, says, In that case, I don't answer to you. I'm king of Sicily. Oh.
0: Um, Bold strategy, Cotton.
1: Let's see how it pays and- off. And he wipes out the army of Constantine. Oh, <laughs> oh. God damn it! He wow. takes wow. out the strategos, declares himself king of Sicily, and then we have two brothers, uh, or, or sorry, cousins, who he puts in charge of like governing Sicily under him, named Balta and Michael of Palermo. They don't like Euthemius that much. Understandable. Can't imagine why. Um, and they've really only gone along with him so far because he has the navy. soon as they get established in positions of power under him, they immediately rebel and kick him out of Sicily. <laughs> um, and Euthymius flees to Tunisia, where he promises the Algabiads will have Sicily if they let him rule it as their vassal.
0: Ooh, sucking up to a powerful... Yep. Uh, now, I... Yeah.
1: now the final agreement is that Euthymius pays the Algabids an annual tribute and the Algabids put Euthymius on his throne in Syracuse this does not necessarily happen but it prompts some absolute uh, Chad moves uh, from the Muslim quarter. Oh Porter no. as you're going to meet what is probably our favorite man throughout the night uh, Justin Aaron um because in 827 and 828, the Muslim forces launch and land in Sicily under the command of Asad ibn al Farat, a man who is 70 when he sets foot in Sicily.
0: Oh no, the grandpa's leading the soldiers. Oh,
1: is this. Uh, God damn. Did he bring he's, his walker with him? He's the, he's the silver fox to end them all. He wins the Battle of Mazara, he takes Syracuse by siege. And he is more or less seen as unstoppable.
0: Wait, is that the infamous Siege of Syracuse? No, you're thinking of the Roman oh. one.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, th- this is not the infamous Siege of Syracuse. Not the one with,
0: um, a what's law. his name? Uh, what was his name again? Uh, started with an A. Oh, no. Oh Yeah, yeah. Archimedes. Uh, Archimedes. Yeah, is that the one you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, because yeah, no, that was get... shown in uh, the New Indiana Jones. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You're about, <laughs> I uh, should I should probably watch that. You're about
1: um, eleven 1, hundred years too late.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is like yeah.
1: uh, in, this is this is yeah. Syracuse has been taken by siege several times since. They wow. have not learned. <laughs> um.
0: Anyway, so, so uh, this chat of an old man just just is like, I don't need a walker. I've got swords. <laughs> And, and just dangerous. walks with about out and
1: but
0: then just takes...
1: Yeah, yeah. As Assad proves himself to still be a fully viable military commander in every respect. However, God has some things to say about this. And um, a plague sweeps through the Muslim camp. Uh it's Assad. Oh. He goes down. Uh, and that's when things really take a turn. Because Euthymius then dies in a failed attack on... Castro Giovanni. So, with no claimant and no general, the Muslim uh, advance is stalled for a couple years, though they have a foothold that the Byzantines can't really dislodge them on account of the Byzantine navy being gone and the Byzantine strategos being dead. Uh. There's no... There's not really a good defense here. Um, uh, the Muslims return in 830 with reinforcements from North Africa and Andalusia, which I was surprised to learn was a real place.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a it's, um, Southern Spain. Also yeah. kind of known as Al Andalus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll admit I knew it by that name, but not Andalusia. Yeah, it
0: it, it goes by a few.
1: Yeah. And um, the Muslims defeat a Byzantine army under Theodotus and should have taken the island, but God intervenes again and sends another plague to the
0: Muslim camp. Let's see, how many plagues were in the the Bible? Is this what? It's like 12? Uh, Let's not just, let's not look too deep into it. There's a lot of biblical connections.
1: Yeah. We just have some some back-to-back plagues. um, Sanitation is really not a thing right now yeah uh nah. uh this is what is more or less forestalling the takeover um however before they are you know pushed back they do besiege and take the city of Palermo which they make their capital in Sicily uh, traditionally powers held uh by syracuse but the Muslims want to rule from Palermo uh, and they rename it to almadina when they make it their capital and
0: uh where Palermo, where Palermo's on the eastern side isn't it yeah that's what this i thought
1: is going to cause so many fucking
0: problems
1: <laughs> hmm. uh oh I mean, gee
0: I can't wait guys
1: <laughs> yeah because yeah Pal- yeah because Palermo is isn't is in eastern sicily uh so i believe you know I think Syracuse is a little further north. Uh, my geography of Sicily is not in... Entirely... Oh, no.
0: Syracuse is on the uh, south... Uh, the okay. uh, southwestern side, or eastern south. side. Southeast yeah, no. So Palermo would be... north of it. Yeah, let's just, yeah, yeah, let's just find a map real quick, guys. Hold on. <laughs> Why uh, is my so, geography... No, so,
1: Palermo is, so Palermo is in northwest Sicily, whereas Syracuse is in southeast. Okay. Um, yeah, and so they take Palermo and they want it as their capital because it's basically the biggest city they can hold reliably at this time. And they rule enough of Sicily at this point that there needs to be an administrative center. Um, Palermo, uh, you know, Sicily is going to see all sorts of problems uh, arise because it's not the least of which is Syracuse feeling slighted for the next, like, 200 years. (laughs) Um with that we come to like the final conquest of Sicily, which takes place from 901 to 956. Because dear God, is this a marathon? <laughs> um in 901, uh Sicily begins to be taken over piecemeal with the uh with the Muslim takeover of Reggio. Then in 902, uh Termina is taken. And then we see the Muslims uh, do what they love to do uh, at this point in history, which is have a domino chain of dynastic changes, uh, as the Fatimid dynasty takes over from the Abbasid dynasty in terms of the caliphates, which in turn sees the Algabid dynasty replaced. Oh, um,
0: yay the- dominoes.
1: Yeah, the Algabid dynasty is replaced, and I did put this in a slightly awkward position for myself, but they are replaced
0: uh it's, it says by the uh the
1: Al-Bid dynasty. Uh who received the Emirate of Sicily. Um yeah, the Calbids are appointed uh Emirs of Sicily uh circa nineteen fifty. Nineteen fifty.
0: Uh, oh, like, I'm sorry, nine fifty. Oh, say, whoa! i like it's nine fifty. I feel like they should be using
1: a one, just because of how uh, far into the modern era we are. Party Fair. like
0: it's nine fifty.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, the Caliphate is declared in nine forty eight. Uh, or sorry, the Emir is declared in nine forty eight. However, it does not receive full control of Sicily until nine sixty five and really isn't a functioning body until at least 950.
0: Administration so, takes a while.
1: Yeah. Uh, it is... Um, the birth of
0: bureaucracy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, as the Caliph Ismaili al-Mansur appoints Hassan al-Kalbi to the position of Emir of Sicily, and uh, it's not till 965 when the Byzantine fortress of Romeda is captured that they control the entirety of Sicily. However, Rometa is a minor fortress, and the last major resistance is taken out in nine fifty, and the Byzantines kinda just give up. But Swift. you know, Sicily, someone has to be stubborn. It's <laughs> not that... like any
0: Sicilians I know.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you know any Sicilians? I'm not Sicilian Justin
0: I know <laughs> I'm not
1: <laughs> what is he smiling about
0: this is so I don't funny. know this is weird anyways let's he, continue he on looks
1: like a, he looks like a discount Russian nutcracker doll oh no all right like,
0: we're pro- it's we're probably gonna figure we're gonna figure it out like probably by the end of the episode
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like
0: no, I might be I'm not Sicilian you're not Sicilian we talked earlier about how the mobs are Sicilian. Oh, it was off-camera, off-camera.
1: Some off-camera jokes are making their way on screen. We apologize to our viewerships profusely.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, um, so we, we, with that speed run aside, we get to the fun part of trying to rule Sicily.
0: How's that work out for him, Cotton? It's easy, come on.
1: Well, the emirate is generally accepted to have lasted from 950 to 1091. Last resist, Byzantine resistance is quelled in 965, but Byzantine treaties with, with you know, acknowledging Muslim control of the island date to 950. So we're going to run with the 950 date here. Um, the emirate of Sicily gets its own flag, which is a um, which is a uh, white crescent moon and a five-point star centered on a field of green um that's uh that's that's right they chose green as their field most uh Emirates choose red
0: well
1: it is a fun thing uh you see it uh in some of the uh sort of surviving uh successor states of the Ottoman Empire uh having that red on there wait I'm looking at you turkey <laughs> but um yeah and uh, they governed from Palermo which really really pisses off Syracuse and the entire eastern half of Sicily because Syracuse has been the dominant city on Sicily for the last 1500 years basically since the Greeks came over and turned it into Magna Graecia, it has been the dominant city and now it has
0: been supplanted Oh, <laughs> I think that's going to uh, cause some problems
1: yeah, it's sort of like declaring Los Angeles the capital of America. The entire eastern oh. seaboard will hate you.
0: <laughs> oh it's more culturally relevant than the East Coast, I mean
1: <laughs> oh. But all of England will hate
0: you. I think I think you might get uh, some of the South of there too. Yeah, well the South they're... hate anything that's not from this Yeah. Everybody hates California. <laughs>
1: and uh part of the reason for why syracuse gets uh shafted by the emirate is because syracuse is the last major city to fall to the emirates by the time they take control of syracuse they already have a functioning government in palermo they have had a functioning government in palermo for some time (laughs) they do not need to relocate just to you know just to stoke your ego um That said, uh the Emirate is actually incredibly prosperous. Palermo becomes uh one of the largest and wealthiest cities of Europe. It actually becomes the second largest in Europe. Uh it caps out at a population of 350,000 people. Wow. Which which is second at the time only to Cordoba of Spain with 450,000. Uh Ironically, both of these cities, uh you might sense a common theme here. Are part of uh, Muslim emirates.
0: I didn't yeah. realize Cordoba was had that many people at that time. No, yeah, it's under yeah, Muslim control Muslim, in Spain. The, more... yeah, the I, would Muslim... have, I would have thought Baghdad would have gotten that title. Which city? Baghdad.
1: We're talking about cities in Europe. All right. Baghdad is not in Europe.
0: <laughs> <That's>...
1: <laughs> Baghdad is most decidedly not European.
0: <laughs> Breaking I have news: it. The British maps have gotten to Aaron. The Middle East is now considered Europe. <laughs> oh God! I. If it's been a long Europe, day. The British wouldn't be colonizing it. It's been a long day for me, guys.
1: <laughs> no, so we're talking about cities in Europe. So, uh, you, I want you to think Paris, Lyon, Aachen, Moscow.
0: I mean, London at this time is minuscule—maybe ten thousand oh, yeah. people, if that.
1: Yeah, no, London's minuscule. Ah. Yeah, uh, and the reason for this is becoming an emirate is a great way to see a massive influx of uh Muslim immigration. And in addition to that, these emirates usually, when they once they settle down, have a massive prosperity chain going, on account of being linked directly to the Silk Road via a bunch of friendly territories so there's a lot of economic prosperity and population booms that come with being a newly formed emirate uh that said uh it is um it is not sort of a muslim replacement of the of the you know i'm gonna say indigenous but you know basically existing population of uh of you know byzantines and greeks and italians and you know jewish people that are making up the large population uh of sicily uh in fact they they, it's uh the ember sicily is a multicultural state which is relatively rare in europe at this time uh there is uh a limited religious freedom uh, under what is known as a jizya tax which is basically um because an emirate is a theocracy, it's a religious-run state. Um, Anyone who is not a Muslim has to pay a tax affirming their loyalty to the state because being not a part of the religion in the theocracy, your loyalty cannot be assumed. It has to be proven.
0: And proven by money!
1: Yeah, by money. And this is actually incredibly tolerant for the time because provided you have paid a you know the jizya tax you can worship freely and openly in sicily any religion you just pay an extra money to the government this uh every year this goes over
0: horribly oh
1: with the byzantine christians in the eastern
0: half of the island you mean you have to pay tax they have to pay, to pay an extra an tax.
1: tax. They have to pay an oh. additional tax.
0: Which okay, I've heard this. I've heard of this before. I like this is the the that the uh, tax. Yeah. Um. I've I've heard of this one before, but no one's ever. I've never heard anyone specify like how much because like is it like uh is it like a like the tax that they tried in New Jersey where I'm like pop where it was. 65 cents more or something like that they tried that in Uh, chicago here where it was like an extra cent per ounce so cases were like four dollars more or is it more of like you pay like an extra uh, i don't know what whatever currency they used a hundred an extra hundred gold or something like that for each year
1: yeah uh, i do not know what the exact uh tax was for the jizya uh especially in this uh emirate it would be something that uh it would be something that everyone could afford because the purpose of the tax is for everyone from the lowest peasant on up to be able to say, yes, I am a loyal member of the state, Uh, even though I am, you know, a non-Muslim living in a Muslim territory. However, the important part of the tax is that in addition to the whole loss of prestige for Syracuse, it really makes the Eastern Christian population of the island feel very much like second-class citizens. They feel very alienated
0: by this government. I mean, that tends to happen when there's a theocratic change, especially because people in general don't like changing religions, and when the person in charge of them happens to be from a different religion, there tends to be a little bit of a discrepancy in your And they are, they are technically invaders. Yep.
1: And the thing, too, to remember is the Byzantine Empire is also technically a theocracy at this time. They are anointed by the... Um, uh, you know by the eastern orthodox church you know they are a you know they are a divine right monarchy um which means that well they might not be as married to the religion as an emirate they are very much there is very much a state religion going on
0: because there is, there there are secular and then there are religious laws
1: yeah yeah and so like you know and there are you know like the emirate has its own laws and the caliphate has its own laws but like you know again there are, those are again separate from the laws of the Quran, which is the Muslim, you know, religious doctrine.
0: Also, so it's the, kind of it's kind of a way for them to be like, "Hey, you don't have to pay this tax, but if you know, if you convert, know, if you convert convert, convert, convert to our very, religion for a tax break."
1: And and it is it is very hard. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, it, it's very hard for the Orthodox Byzantine, you know, population on the eastern half of the island to really accept that they are going from being, you know, the religious ma- majority and members of the state religion to being not that. Uh, there is a lot of ego in the eastern half of the island, um, and the whole east-west division thing starts flaring up again, which dates back to when Rome and Carthage tried to partition this place.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a fun time.
1: Half was Roman, western half was Carthaginian. A lot of people died. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that's there's, all we're going to
1: say on that.
0: The, the best part about it is it was all a bit of a misunderstanding.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oopsies. But yeah, the uh, the Greek-speaking Christians on the East half of the Island regularly make life difficult for the Emirate with frequent rebellions.
0: Honestly, um, good for them.
1: And it is, and the, this is going to be one of the things that actually undoes the Emirate, because the Emirate, you know, with its, you know century and a half of rule is marred by basically constantly having to put down populist rebellions uh which is really unfortunate for them because they do have a very good thing going here in terms of uh a lot of reforms a lot of economic ties and just a lot of scholastic uh input there is a brain drain into sicily um that you know again comes with being a newly formed emirate (laughs)
0: Yeah, they, and this doesn't, this carries on even much after, but uh, Sicily was a very, was, it was, it was based, even though, it, even as the center of the Mediterranean, it was also a very um, important center of education.
1: Yeah, it, 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 and it becomes, it begins to become that scholastic center under the emirate. The emirate is kind of the beginning of Sicily having a golden age. Uh, with uh, a lot of things that happen, it doesn't go into a full golden age under the Emirate because of how difficult domestic rule is. But the Emirate of Sicily is—it's—it's it's the found—it's you know—it's the final piece in the puzzle almost.
0: They really put an emphasis on education and teaching, which you kind of see a lot of a lot of influence in the areas where they controlled because of the emphasis. And honestly, that's kind of interesting because. During this time was kind of the Christian Dark Ages, almost. Oh, I hate... No one likes that word, Justin. <laughs> it's not a dark age because it was dark. It was, it's it's early just medieval.
1: Lot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Are we, are we doing that medieval. bullshit again?
0: These people weren't stupid. I didn't say that. I just was it, using common it, I mean, terminology. It's Listen, bad terminology.
1: Well, there, Well, it's not about the people being stupid. It's about the general loss of... Uh, of engineering knowledge and literature.
0: Well, well, I mean, like, population uh, decline happened really fast. It was not their fault.
1: Not to mention the entire center of government collapsed
0: overnight. (laughs) I'm just saying they kept education and and, uh, academia alive, and they let it thrive. Aaron, you
1: do have to acknowledge that most of what we have from before the renaissance we have because the arabic world didn't implode
0: oh including no. medicine no i definitely i definitely know i definitely acknowledge that i just don't like the connotations that come with saying because it's not it's not because it it's not like this because it creates this image of the fact that you know europe suddenly was backwards stupid and dirty while like the like in the East and the Muslim world was like very sophisticated because there it's more nuanced than that. But when you use terms like dark ages, it very much discounts the other advances that were in fact happening in Europe.
1: Yeah, and just the, the issue is that Europe suffered a major setback in terms of what it had access to.
0: Not to mention it's also a Victorian term, and they're not usually the nicest when it comes to historical nuances
1: you you, you remind you remind me of like my uh, of like my first supervisor having a conniption over whether it's late or terminal woodlands
0: anyways let's I, continue we on
1: are, we are debating things that sh- do not need to be debated here
0: yes, the point uh, is yeah, the the, the caliphates that focused on education and that thrived in the world he, yeah the emir the
1: emirates are seeing a lot of thing you know are seeing this sort of kind of become a forefront again for sicily because sicily has been for the last you know you know for the last 100 uh, 150 years prior to being taken over they've been on the periphery of the byzantine empire not really getting a lot of attention but also being able to do their own thing and they're kind of left behind uh, by the byzantines unfortunately just by virtue of the geopolitical situation in constantinople um with the emirate of sicily suddenly they had their capital not of a province but of their own uh nation uh granted it's you know an islamic nation and that's not what most of the population is but still it's it's at least in the, it's at least a sicilian nation um during the 10th century uh, during the 10th century so the 900s the emirate is incredibly strong militaristically they launch regular raids into byzantine uh italy and they even uh defeat a uh, army sent by the holy roman empire um in 982 they defeat otto ii in the battle of croton uh which sees basically um the holy romans uh and the germanic influence kind of stop halfway down halfway down italy they don't go into southern italy uh very much after this mm. um, so you know southern italy actually ends up being divided between the lombards and the byzantines uh because of how badly the uh, emirate of sicily beats up the holy roman empire
0: yeah uh, it's not it's not nice. until the
1: 13th century that Germanic influence, aside from the Lombards, gets into southern Italy. And that's dynastic marriages with the Normans. <laughs> but uh, Spoilers! Yeah, they, they basically put a uh, 300-year delay on the German march down the peninsula <laughs> uh, with these fights. Um, the emirate does invest uh, quite heavily in uh, Palermo and in Sicily. And uh, this is where we're gonna get our first talk about architecture to compare uh what the emirate does to what happens post emirate so the emirate builds the chapel of san caltaldo in palermo it's a muslim mosque that was then converted into a christian church it's a small rectangular chapel that features three red domes and arabic arches and uh, what this is is it's uh it's a relatively modest building but it feature, but it shows that the uh, Emirate is importing a lot of, you know, Muslim and Arabic styles into Sicily at this time. Arabic arches, uh, unlike Roman arches, aren't a, you know, sort of perfect little half-circle type arch. They actually are more turnip or onion shaped, where they come to a point at the top, hmm. uh, giving them a unique sort of aesthetic flair. Um, additionally, the three domes, the sort of domed top, well, not uh unseen before in in sicily and italy is definitely a new style they put in these uh domes this is modest and it's the sign of modest buildings that are still investing in building a new society here and that's kind of the hallmark of the emirate it does a lot of you know small things that have a big impact like uh this for example this church has stood for uh over a thousand years at this point
0: it's a very beautiful church it's
1: a a beautiful little building there's not really a lot to describe here
0: i mean it's a very like brownish kind of grayish building like you said it's a square and then it's got the three domes in a line and they're kind of a reddish brick and honestly kind of looks like um as much as i hate to say it almost like a -a whack-a-mole yeah, but it,
1: it, it, the thing is, it, it's it's very it, it's very plain stone. It's very modest architecture.
0: It's meant not to be flashy. Yeah,
1: and it but and the emirate is investing. It's a sign that the emirate is investing pragmatically. Um, most of their attention actually goes to land reform and uh, and uh, um, export crops.
0: Mm, that's very they
1: actually they actually spend a lot of time being agrarian rather than. Uh, grandiose, and so I mean, a lot Sicily of was
0: were, once the breadbasket for the Roman Empire, so it makes sense.
1: Yeah, got supplanted by Egypt, but yeah, Sicily was a breadbasket. And uh, fun fact: the Sicilian agrarian system has not been changed since the Roman Republic.
0: Well, I don't blame them.
1: The if the, the, it ain't broke. The The Emirate is the first thing to change uh, to change the agrarian system. We'll get into how they do that later. Because. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they do to the agrarian system is actually the one of the big legacies of this uh of this emirate as opposed to the architecture
0: and does Ooh. it maintain to this day
1: um a lot of the crops this is known for today are imported by the emirates
0: mm. oh interesting um,
1: yeah if we want to talk about those now we can talk about those now because they do come up I mean, uh, so sure. the, yeah so the emirate uh is known for introducing oranges lemons pistachios and sugar to the island of sicily
0: really i've now, seen uh, those
1: If I... you cook anything sicilian you will know that you need those
0: <laughs> i i didn't hit sicily but i did hit southern italy when i was there and it uh and even seeing the oranges that were growing that this hotel was growing themselves absurdly big
1: yeah no you can you can get lemons the size of the, the size of a human head.
0: It it's insane. So like I need yeah. one. I'll like, just stick if you, a straw on the side. You is. you'll need one of the metal straws is what you'll need. <laughs>
1: there's there is some god tier citrus that comes out of Sicily and like, it's because of this Emirate.
0: <laughs> like if you threw one like it already hurt like if you threw an orange at somebody it would hurt. If you threw an orange from southern Italy at somebody you could probably substitute it as like a cannonball in a cannon. I don't I don't
1: I don't know Aaron's obsession with fruit based violence. Uh stop playing Fruit Ninja.
0: <laughs> Never. Um, I haven't I haven't changed since two thousand nine. <laughs> yeah. Still um, playing Fruit Ninja. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep.
1: On the uh Yep. And on the subject of land, uh they also reworked all the land division because the agriculture of Sicily is these large Roman estates. Uh, when the you know when the emirate takes over and they say that's not particularly efficient especially for all these new crops We want you to grow So they take the land and redivide it into small farms another great way to uh, piss off the existing uh, powers that be in uh, Syracuse.
0: Oh, What you're telling me is they seized the means of uh, production and redistributed it to the people. Funny enough, that's the one thing that also originally pissed off uh, a bunch of Romans. (laughs) 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 Led inevitably to the rise of Sulla and eventually Caesar. Who knew that an elite didn't like giving up their land in order to redistribute it?
1: Listen, redistribution of land got two Roman consuls killed. Just look at the Gracchi brothers. Yeah. Uh, but uh, back on track. Uh, additionally, um, be- because the agricultural system hasn't been evaluated since the Roman Republic, um, it also means that they've missed out on all the technological advances. So, guess what the Emirate does? It introduces irrigation. Whoa. <laughs> In Sicily was farming without irrigation. Until the late tenth century. Hold on a second. Irrigation and, systems and it have was been Rome's for almost a thousand years. And it
0: was Rome's breadbasket, so it was able to claim that at least for a while without irrigation.
1: Yeah, because uh, be and the reason why um, it doesn't get invested in by the Romans when the Romans start doing their whole thing for irrigation is because from about the. 200s to the late, like, to about 30 BCE, Sicily's Rome's breadbasket. However, in 31 BCE, it gets supplanted by Egypt with the Roman conquest. Oh, and yeah everyone stops paying attention to grain from Sicily. So it's stuck with, you know, a 1100 year out-of-date system. Mm. And then the emirate comes along and says, yeah, no. So, very much major agricultural and land reforms uh, for the Emirates. (laughs) Uh, Very big deal. Uh, And so you might be thinking, things are going fairly well for the Emirate, right? They've got major uh, new crops, new land systems, they're building, they are a military powerhouse. You know, the only problem is, you know, two-thirds of their population hates them. (laughs) Well, the Emirate not to be uh, outdone by uh, anyone decides that the only thing that shall destroy it is itself.
0: Yay!
1: And uh, <laughs> the royal family uh, begins to fight it begins to fight quite heavily with its own uh, with its own self. The Kalbid dynasty stops getting along uh, at about the uh, year 1035 uh, the formal there's just a formal schism within the dynasty. Um, what happens is a man named Abd Allah Abu Hafs seizes power for himself and by 1037 Abd Allah has usurped the emirate from Ahmed al the II or al the II sorry uh, this marks the second time a usurper has sat on the throne uh, for the emirate of Sicily the first time uh, the guy lasted less than a year and was immediately killed <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't assassinate to jump the line of succession.
0: <laughs> doesn't doesn't it just kind of sets a precedent? Yeah, uh, <laughs> sets a yeah. yeah that's a bad example for the next. a bad example.
1: Anyway, uh, however, this time around, the uh, the dynasty isn't the Calvary dynasty isn't able to quite get a handle on it because uh, not only does uh, Abdallah seize the throne, not only does he assassinate the uh, ruling emir. He also holds it for five years. And by the time uh, Hassan al Samsun II uh, restores the Kalbid dynasty in 1040, the Calbid dynasty is so fractured that no one can hold it together. Uh, in 1044, the Kalbid dynasty disintegrates entirely, uh, with Hassan II still ruling until 1053. But there is no functioning dynasty instead what we get is um what are known as um quadits which are the four governing sections uh that were put in place by the uh by the by the emirates uh, to rule sicily more or less each having their own um ruler on uh, at most two quadits answer to one person at any given time which uh, causes a lot of problems. Uh, This lays the ground for invasion, as Syracuse and the entire eastern half of the island see their chance at freedom and immediately start rebelling again. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. By the year 1060, things have gotten so bad that there are three emirs of Sicily. Oh, wow. Operating at the same time. You're the three emirs, huh? Yep, the three emirs. They are not
0: friendly. That decade feels like it's quite important, and I can't quite put my thingy on it. Yeah, ah, I feel like nothing ever important happened in the 1060s. Yeah. nothing. Hey, nothing what's William worry. doing in England? <laughs> <laughs> He's not there yet. He's still in France. He's still in Normandy. Yeah. No, not,
1: nothing to worry about yet.
0: And, I said the decade.
1: Yeah, and what happens is the Holy Roman Empire begins to encroach on holdings that the... Uh, uh emirate sicily is claimed in italy they lose all that almost instantly um and the ruling dynasty basically becomes so weak that it forces itself to uh in order to maintain power it starts making bargains uh for like financial and military support with the byzantine empire (laughs) which prompts other branches of the family to seek out the Sirids, which is the ruling uh, group in Algeria, uh, which is Muslim at this time, to back them because, hey, we may not be doing well, but we can agree we don't want the Byzantines back in central uh, Mediterranean. Uh, and then goes they... on for a little bit of time until the local rulers and the Pope yeah. invite the Normans to join.
0: Oh, man, I wonder if they're going to do anything interesting. The Normans.
1: Yeah. So the Normans were a group of Viking raiders that got paid by the King of France to settle in Normandy uh, and basically guard the mouth of the rivers leading to France in return for, you know, not setting Paris on fire every other week. The Normans in Italy are known as the Normans of Apulia. These are the ones that said no to that deal or got bored very quickly afterwards and went to Italy where they uh, basically got paid by anyone and everyone to beat the shit out of everyone else. And they (laughs) formed the, like, Duchy of Apulia out of all the money and land they got. They were just really good
0: good at it. it. Mercenaries for hire. They're just like, oh, we're bored. Let's keep going. Yeah. They're like, well, I don't want to stay here. I don't like France. They eat snails. I hear the Mediterranean's nice. They they grow oranges. And at this point William was looking across the, the channel going, Hmm Yeah. Did you oh, say adventure? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. ten six, yeah. The 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 late eleventh century is the time of the Normans. Um it gets worse. Um so the Normans uh, have the Christian uprisings for popular support, the Pope himself, Pope Nicholas II. Second, um green lights the normans to invade uh sicily in 1061 uh because basically a norman kingdom in sicily is better for the catholic church than either an orthodox byzantine holding or a muslim emirate uh, so there's absolutely no downside for the pope telling these uh you know Mercenaries to basically, yeah, uh, I'll let you be king of Sicily if you take it from the heathens. Yeah, wait, like, are... at least
0: they're Christian. He's like, no, no, specifically they're Catholic.
1: Yeah, Norman. Yeah, yeah, the Normans of Apulia are Catholic.
0: <laughs> they're just like, they're just like, wait a minute. So you want us to go in, kill some Muslims and some Byzantines, yep. who are also Christian, but the wrong kind, and we get, we just get a whole kingdom. And he's the Pope's just like. Yeah, because they're not Catholic.
1: Yeah. Now the Normans make, uh, you know, you know, they make their invasion of Sicily, and they will overrun the Emirate of Sicily. They will wipe out Muslim Calabria, Muslim Sicily, and Muslim Malta.
0: Everybody forgets Malta.
1: Yeah. They will wipe it out under a man named Robert Guiscard.
0: Yeah.
1: However. God damn it, Robert. However. The, the rival of the Normans is not the end of the book for the emirate of Sicily because one man in 1065 unites the fighting Muslim quadrants of Sicily to make a valiant unified emirate once more resurgent and strong for all of three years three years <laughs> His man, this man is Ayyubid ibn Tamim and he unites them from 1065 to 1068, at which point he promptly leaves Sicily, back to North Africa, and immediately there's a a succession crisis and the Muslim Emirates uh, falls into infighting.
0: Gotta watch out for those succession crises, man.
1: Yeah, basically everyone had kind of agreed that he could be in charge However, there was no real agreement for who could rule in his absence. So when he leaves for North Africa, everyone starts killing each other again.
0: Just because he's not physically here doesn't mean he's actually ruler. Yeah. Saul. So... yeah, it's like so it's like when King John took over the throne while uh, Richard wasn't was a was like crusading.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's things like that. And basically what ends up happening is the equivalent of like the governor of virginia telling the governor of new york what to do and the governor of new york saying you're the same rank as me fuck off and then georgia sending a uh, you know virginia and georgia sending armies to invade new york
0: oh that definitely would not have gone well actually it didn't go well
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's basically what is happening and i am not making any parallels whatsoever <laughs> i don't have a stake in this but anyway the normans The Normans establish a bridgehead at Messina, which is uh, on the northeastern tip of the island. And they take Palermo in 1072, depriving the emirate of its capital. However, the emirate limps on, as there is one man still. There is still a chance for the emirate of Sicily to survive. They can still fight on, because by this point, You've wiped out most of the quadits, so there's not a lot of people for them to fight among themselves with. (laughs) And uh, there's a man who is known to the Christians as Benevert. Uh, His actual name is Ibn Abad. And in 1072, when Palermo falls, he is the last meaningful Muslim claimant to the Emirate. He is the last meaningful Islamic ruler of Sicily. He is the last force that could potentially drive back the Normans and restore the Emirates. He is taken out in 1086. For 14 years, he holds them back. Wow. His little corner of the island. Uh, He He held the line. Yep. He is succeeded by Yusuf Ibn Abdallah, who is himself defeated in 1091 and just like the uh, just like the taking of the Byzantine fortress of Romeda in 965 um Yusef never stood a chance he was just like the last lord of the last town the last to ever surrender yeah <laughs> yeah he's you know he's the last you know last man you know standing and
0: it, history doesn't repeat itself but it sure as hell rhymes
1: yeah and by this point in 1091 the normans have conquered the emirate the emirate is gone however the uh emirate really gets a uh post-mortem glow-up uh under the normans and that's actually where a lot of um the impact of the emirate can be most well seen is under the normans because the normans they're new to this kingdom So they are more than happy to take what is working for everyone else, (laughs) adopt it to themselves.
0: Naturally. Again, if it ain't broke. It's a yoink and twist. You yoink the idea and you put your own twist to it. Yeah. Now, for one thing,
1: they allow the Muslims to remain on Sicily. The Muslims actually remained the largest demographic on the island until the thirteenth century. Wow. Because in the thirteenth century Um, an ultimatum is put forth for convert, die, or leave. Uh, However, by this point, the Norman Hotville dynasty has been taken over by the German uh, Kohenstaffens due to some rather poor diplomatic marriages into the Holy Roman Empire.
0: Oh, God, yep,
1: that'll get you. And so the Holy Roman Empire basically seizes the kingdom of Sicily, uh, or the county of Sicily, as it is called, and... um, decides that it's going to create a pure religious state here however between the 13th century and uh, the 11th the normans carry on with the uh uh with what the uh you know emirate was doing uh the emirate did all those land reforms the normans maintain it additionally the emirates is the final key ingredient uh, in what would become known as Arab-Norman or Arab-Norman Byzantine culture, and uh, what that effectively is, is the Normans come to Sicily and they see beautiful Byzantine architecture, stunning Muslim buildings, uh, you know, you know, even though they are Muslim ones are probably the most modest, and wonderful Roman ruins, and they look at all of this. And they realize, if you take a Byzantine building, put Roman columns and Muslim arches on it, it looks better than anything else you've ever that has ever come before. So um, they take cultural fusion one step further and give the emirate of Sicily new life in making in making some of the most awe-inspiring buildings uh, that will grace Sicily. Until about six hundred years later. Not the <laughs> oh, architects. The
0: no, not yep. the architects. The architects.
1: Yep. Yes. Um, yes. Engineers the everywhere are crumbling. Yep. Yep. Good. Yep. Let them Yep. And the uh, and that is what they begin. It's the most complex and well adorned architecture in Sicily does date to this time. Uh, there is one other time when uh when Sicily does get a major architectural overhaul under the Spanish, following a massive earthquake, and uh-huh. it's a beautifully Baroque part of Sicily that is uh, that is like that. However, this itself is the testament to cultural fusion. Is the Norman uh, post-Emirate, and they really do breathe life back into the uh, into you know the Emirate's legacy on the island they
0: even can as far if i remember correctly too the norman yeah like you said up until you know the germans um the normans still very much uh were patrons of science and scholar scholarly ship in in the island not also if i remember correctly there was also a king uh now granted science used loosely they're not exactly using the scientific formula they're not exactly always being too um practical with it (laughs) but there is i do remember a specific story about one of the kings wanting to learn what the language of adam and eve was was it hebrew was it aramaic was it arab was it latin and funny enough he got results um just not the ones he was expecting because it turns out babies need nurturing. And yeah. because he would the only time these babies were fed, or at least were given attention is when they were fed. Other than that, they were left alone and he thought they would develop, they would speak the language of Adam and Eve because there was no outside influence of, so they weren't taught to. But and that's when you learn that babies uh, need nurturing and love.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that particular experiment, uh, but I do know that there was, in addition to the architecture, which we'll come back to in a minute, uh, there was a scholastic Renaissance under the Normans. The Normans uh, kept uh, the emirates uh, very much uh, close to them. They constantly imported Muslim scholars. Uh, in fact, everyone in the Norman court, in addition uh, to speaking, uh, you know, Greek and Latin and all the, you know, in the European languages also had to speak arabic because arabic mathematicians were present at court and um they even commissioned the most uh, an arabic um uh map maker to make the most detailed map of the world uh two dates uh and he published a detailed piece by piece explanation of everything on the map of the world in his own encyclopedia which he wrote in both latin and Arabic.
0: That's gotta be hard to do.
1: Yeah. He spent 15 years on it.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. That was commissioned by the Normans. And uh, that I, uh, I actually do have the name of that work. It is the Assizes of Ariano, I believe.
0: So now for HH Reads, you need to read it in oh, both languages. Yeah.
1: Either that or that was one of the law code reforms. Uh, I, there was a lot of literature that came up when the Normans uh, take over and basically decide to just patronize the ever-loving hell out of any scholarship they find
0: (laughs) listen they had they still have all that money left over from all the mercenary work and they're like well what do we do with it yeah these guys are doing some cool stuff let's pay them to do to make cooler stuff
1: yeah basically and the thing is everyone in the court spoke and read latin they spoke and read greek they spoke and read arabic um they spoke and read german they spoke and read, you know, an early form of Italian because that is what the people there spoke uh, in their kingdom. And that is what they did. And it was very polyglot and it's, you know, it without the emirate, there wouldn't be a lot of this scholastic influence. Uh, there certainly wouldn't be Arabic involved. And um, it certainly wouldn't see some wonderful bits of architecture like uh, the one we've selected to look at is the Capella Palatina. Uh, which is the royal palace of Palermo. And it takes a little bit of everything. It takes Corinthian columns from the Roman Empire, which are these pillars that end in a sort of floral pattern resembling leaves. It takes Arabic arches, which are those sort of turnip-shaped arches that come to a point at the top. It imports Arabic uh, makarnas, which are these sort of ceiling vault things that create a sort of geometric honeycomb pattern, uh, which basically allows you to look up at a ceiling and have sort of a feeling that you are in a cave uh, a lot of times with how the geometry works and creates little just sort of dangling uh, stalactites, I believe, are the ones that come down. I think so. Yeah, creates little dangling stalactites from the ceiling, which can be beautifully decorated. Um, It has inscriptions in Greek, Latin, and Arabic. Has Byzantine mosaics adorning all the walls uh, and even the ceilings. And it uses the basilica, which is a Catholic cross format, for its layout. Uh, The Normans just build this, and it's basically the best of everything. And there's very heavy uh, Arabic influence on this, uh, which wouldn't be there without the Emirate of Sicily. So even though the Emirate remains modest, uh, like we saw when we were talking about the uh, the Chapel of San Cataldo, uh, the people that come after, because they're not necessarily dealing with a lot of domestic strife, and because they're not fighting, you know, the, uh, you know, themselves for most of the for most of their rule, are actually able to just adorn Sicily with all the riches that come in, as opposed to having to be pragmatic about it, <laughs> like the Emirate was. <laughs> and uh, those, that's that's most of you know the emperor of sicily is is their legacy is in what the normans do with them after they're gone which is kind of interesting is that you know is that the most visible memorial of them is the invading successor state
0: i mean that's usually how it goes though because in their time realistically a century isn't that much for things to really take root and you're kind of seeing that flourish at this point Where you're seeing that full cultural integration by the time their successor state had already stepped in. It is cool to see the fusion in the architecture, though, because that's truly how you do see innovation. You see combinations of a bunch of different outside factors coming together to create something brand new. I do really enjoy that.
1: Yeah, and the thing also to to remind to keep in mind is at the time the Normans are honoring uh, this sort of Islamic uh, influence and importing you know Muslim teachers for their kings and things like that um, there's uh, there's the Crusades going on.
0: yeah that's really this awkward
1: is, yeah because the, the Normans rule from uh, from the late 11th century to the mid 13th century. So they've got you know a little over a century and a half just like the emirate did to rule, and they're ruling during a time of religious strife, and basically saying, yeah, we're ignoring that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, medieval Spain had a similar uh, kind of stance. They're just like, what's this crusading business all about? And went back to their books.
1: Yeah, and one of the things with it is just, you know, the Normans could have very easily chosen to go along with their neighbor, the Pope, and with most of Europe, and said, oh, Muslim thing exists? destroy it and suppress it that could have very easily been their response and then the emirate of sicily wouldn't have such a visible and vibrant legacy the art and architecture we see in sicily would not be nearly as you know beautiful as it is today because a lot of arabic elements are incorporated and it's just you know it's one of the things like they could have chose to pull a Rome and Carthage scenario and attempt to destroy any memory that this thing ever existed. And instead, they chose to set themselves up as the heir of the emirate, as the successor state, uh, while simultaneously being the, you know, invading, you know, champion.
0: I think the part that made that slightly easier, though, is the fact that they are Normans in that they aren't truly native to that area either. They are kind of coming in as outsiders, so they're not a, too far removed from the emirate. In yeah, in
1: I would that. also like to
0: point out they're not um,
1: invested in the local politics. They're a liberating conqueror either way. Yeah,
0: and and also at this point, Sicily had become very multicultural. So a lot of the, the peoples did eventually have to learn how to live with each other to some degree, and eventually, mm-hmm. with the Normans, just became another, yeah, uh, another yoke. Yeah, to yeah. put around the peasantry.
1: Yeah, but by the time the Hohenstaufens get involved, it's been about three hundred years. You know, it's been about three hundred years. Uh, technically, uh, the Muslims have been on the island since uh, um, since eight twenty eight. So you know, it's it had been about five hundred years of having you know Islamic influence somewhere in Sicily. Yeah. Um, at that point, it's just Sicily. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, regardless of how much the Hohenstaufen's try to make it not.
0: Mm. True.
1: And also, I just want to say one more time, Hohenstaufen? Hohenstaufen. Who in the hell named you? The Germans, clearly.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know if they'd be called German then.
1: Well, they're Holy Romans, they're Germanic. Um, Technically, technically you get to call the Lombards Germanic, uh, even though they're just, you know, chilling in Italy for most of this. (laughs)
0: still unfortunate naming
1: yeah it's just like it just feels bad because just how terrible the hohenstaufen's were to an entire demographic and undoing like the last 300 years of change
0: yeah the germans the fact aren't... that their name is hohenstaufen and the... it's hard not to laugh in yeah. english the germanic people really don't have the best track record <laughs> it's like,
1: it's like, god damn it
0: but but at least at least like the you know
1: the uh, austrian dynasty you know was like you know it it sounds intimidating habsburg
0: and they and actually I, had the skill to back it up for a long time yeah but just like hohenstaufen it's just like hohenstaufen this just, like, just like that that
1: that name just it, it just doesn't feel the power of there's got there's
0: gotta anything. be like a few silent letters in there that like just aren't said like there's no way it actually sounds like that
1: I am reading it as it was written to the best of
0: my ability. Well, if we have any German speakers that listen to this or watch this on YouTube, please let us know in the comments down below and on columns Mental Breakdown. I think that's a great point for us to wrap up today's podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to drop a like down below and we will see you guys in the next video. I want to know if somebody could like verify the king thing that I was talking about earlier in the comments. I doubt it.